Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. Ah, love is in the air. Or is that disinfectant? I can never tell anymore. But what I can tell you is Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And interestingly enough, it coincides with National Marriage Week. So today, we are talking about all things love and marriage. No matter where you look in life, we are bombarded by love. Good, bad, ugly, and everything in between. Love is everywhere. Almost every song on the radio is about love either going right or going wrong. Hollywood movies and tabloids exploit the ideal, and even children's movies showcase love as purely fairy tales. I think Elsa said it best, and it was so refreshing to hear her tell her sister, you can't marry a man you just met. If you've never seen the movie Frozen, the movie is about two sisters, Anna and Elsa, and Anna is infatuated with the idea of love, of finding her true love, and she believes love will magically happen. Elsa, however, is more practical and has no problem giving her sister a reality check. It turns out later in the movie that Elsa was right. The man Anna was all set to marry, her love at first sight, didn't actually love her. He was using her. And I think all too often we can see love as a coin. On one side, love is beautiful and leads to marriage and rainbows and unicorns and everyone always lives happily ever after. On the other side, love is cruel. It's lonely. Those who get married are foolish. Or it's just a piece of paper. Personally, I think those perceptions are reflections of what we witnessed of love and marriage throughout our lives. If you witnessed healthy relationships and healthy marriages, you more than likely have an ideal view of love. Whereas if you witnessed unhealthy relationships or broken marriages, you may think that's all there is. Brokenness. Everywhere we look or listen, we are exposed to one side of the coin or the other. Love and marriage can, in fact, be very beautiful and very fruitful. What the movies and TV shows don't show us, though, is all the work that goes into making a marriage beautiful. Sometimes romance fades, and the work that goes into making reality better than the romance is something you don't typically see on the big screen. No one sees the gardener pruning the roses. They just see the pretty blooms. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love is to will the good of the other, to want the best for the other person. Love is a friendship. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
I had a teacher once tell me the way to know if a person you're dating is the person you're meant to be with is to try putting their name into that verse. First Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight. Anywhere you see the word love. If the statements are true, then you're on a great starting point and should discern further. I did that while I was dating my husband, and we've been married almost 11 years at the recording of this episode, so take that for what you will. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Mike and Megan Lorenz, frequent presenters at our Diocese of Harrisburg marriage seminars, about what marriage means in the church, how to prepare for it, and how to grow in your faith and love together. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you here. Could you tell me a little bit about yourselves and how you sort of fell into this kind of ministry? Well, no, thank you for having us. Um, my name's Mike. And Megan Lorenz. And um, about ourselves, well, we've been married uh, almost 14 years. Uh, we have three children. Uh, we reside in the Lancaster area. Um we actually are transplants to the area. We're originally from, I'm from the Cincinnati area, and Megan's from Jersey. And um, really, actually, kind of a way we share as a, when we do our talks is like how we met. And it's kind of a, a funny story, an interesting story about um, when I used to, when I was single, I, I lived in near St. Mary's in uh, Lancaster and uh, by the Central Market there. And uh, I would go to mass, uh, and one day I was coming out of mass and uh, walking back to my apartment, and and when I heard this clip, 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 these, you know, someone coming right behind me, and I turn around, and there's this woman who's about six or seven months pregnant, and she has about three or four children in tow, and kind of uh, you could see a semi like embarrassed husband at the time as I assumed. And she goes, oh, excuse me, excuse me. And I said, uh, yeah, good morning. She says, are you dating anybody? And I was like, <laughs> uh, and I was, I was like kind of caught off guard. Uh, I said something like, uh, no, I'm not dating anyone. But I think I said something silly like um, I'm purging from women or something like that. She says, oh, she goes, I have this sister. She's she's Catholic. She's beautiful. And and I said, okay, well, where, where does she live? She says, well, New Jersey. And I'm like, oh, you know long distance relationship. And I say, you know, yeah, sure. You know, if she comes into town, be great to meet her. And, you know, so I gave her my number. You gave her your phone number, which is a telltale right there because you were semi-interested, even though you say you weren't. And that was my sister. And um, it's funny because she called me after she met Mike and she said, hi, Meg, I just met your future husband. Call me back. And so we met about a month later and we ended up you know, so we had a, just a long distance relationship for about two years before we got married. Right. So, yeah. And how we fell into the ministry, like right before, I guess uh, the time before I met Megan, I was, had a rediscovery of the Catholic faith. You know, I'd always been, I'll call more or less practicing through the years, but kind of very lukewarm and um, rediscovered mainly through uh, John Paul II's teachings, theology of the body. And just, I was, Wow, this is fantastic! Open my eyes. The, you know, the Catholic faith was just the depth and beauty and the truth that was there. And so, I was kind of—I'll say more or less—at least relative to where I was on fire at the time, and um, not looking for not looking for a relationship or anything like that. 
And I know, Megan, you were separately, right? Right, separately. I had my own reversion as well. I was previously engaged to someone years before that and called off the wedding um, 10 days before the wedding because of a lot of things, but mainly the realization of that this person was not living out his faith day to day. And that is what I truly wanted. And I knew that that was what was going to make me happy. And um, so I had to call that wedding off. And it was very traumatic for everybody involved. And and so it wasn't years. It wasn't until four years later did I meet Mike. But I was in that place and I was ready. I was in that place to meet someone who was serious about their faith. And it was just when Mike finished taking his class on theology of the body and here my sister you know, right. runs across the street and um, introduces herself to him. And so God had it all planned uh, from the very beginning. So, um, Right. So get married. And we both kind of had this, well, what do we do with this? We're like, do we, how do we do a ministry with this? And we were like. Well, remember the, yeah. the um, pre-Cana weekend. Yes. Right. Right. So we, th- thank you. So like when we did our pre-Cana weekend and for some reason the priest couldn't be there. And I remember us the, and it was, you know, it was a really great experience. The facilitators, the speakers were really good at sharing their, their witness and on the various topics. And in the evening, I remember they, they had this activity where people were putting questions in a basket and we would pull them up randomly. And it was kind of like, well, uh, we were trying to answer these questions, but there wasn't, I forget the reason, but there wasn't a priest who wasn't able to be there. And it became very obvious, like there was really no understanding of what, the Catholic church is teaching on marriage because we found ourselves answering a lot of the questions, uh, even for, I'll say relatively speaking, what, what we knew at the time. And so much so that I think you could feel kind of knowing how challenging that, that this teaching of the Catholic church is the very next day. It's funny. <laughs> we laugh about this, that the people would walk up at breakfast and they'd see it was us and then they would go somewhere else because (laughs) I, it was, it got a little tense. Um, but it was really, it just kind of opened our eyes. We're like, as we, when we, after we got married, we said, well, what can we do? Because again, we had this, we felt like a calling and said, well, at the time, do I, maybe I leave my job and we do something and you, you know, through prayer and, and, your experience like so right so we decided then to um, reach out to um, this program that I used to belong to um, right after I graduated from college and it was called the language and catechetical institute and it's a program where um, students who are adults come from eastern Europe and they learn the faith and they come to Austria and in Gaming Austria and they learn the faith and if they need to they learn English first and then the faith and then they take their knowledge back to their um former Soviet bloc country where there was a vacuum of, of Catholicism for 50 years. And they teach what they learned at the Cartaza. They teach it to their diocese. And it's a fabulous program that's, that still exists, but it, I was there in the very beginnings of it. And um, so I decided to reach out to see if maybe we could do something overseas and maybe find out, you know, maybe there's a need in some of those dioceses. And I probably sent out, we probably sent out about 150 or something like that letters Letters, a lot of letters and I received about back about 10 to 12 and um you know every single one that responded they wanted chastity talks and we thought okay this is a great this is a great starting point maybe we could do some theology of the body um talks and that's what we did we we um well well well, we're trying to find a a way to get over there how do you get over there right so this goes back to 
you know, do I quit my job? Well, the job was going well. And it's like, was that responsible? So we're praying the whole time. And like, how would we raise money if we did that? And so there's doors all these married, closing, the doors yeah. weren't, yeah, they were closing. And we're like, Lord, what do we do? We feel like this is what we're being called to do, but maybe it isn't the right thing. And then one day I get a call from a vice president of my company and said, how would you like to live in Germany for six months? And we're like, thank you, God. You know, yes. it was like suddenly that door opened. Wow. And God wanted yeah, to so we're like, okay. So we, everything happened from there was we moved over there and, and uh, we ended up giving what three, three talks yeah, uh, around that in Slovakia and, and Austria. And so it was a beautiful for us, a wonderful experience. Um, and so uh, we come back to the States after that because uh, the project had ended and we got pregnant over there. So start a family over here, which kind of changes, <laughs> you know, changes the, the dynamics quite a bit of uh, quite a bit. And of course, wonderful. We're thrilled to have to, to have our, our, you know, to learn that. And of course now what, you know, well that, that happened obviously with the, the baby being with Charlie and, and the, the children and, so we think, well, how else can we can still serve in this ministry? And it's right. really ultimately and, through right. through the diocese that we kind of came into this program. Right. So. And we started with the pre Cana weekends. Yeah. And then with the children, then we realized, yeah. well, what else can we do? And that's when we got hooked yeah. up with Kate Neary yeah. um, doing the uh, God's Plan. Yeah. And now we're mentor yeah. couples right. in the diocese in our parish. That's amazing. And yeah. how you met is like straight out of a movie like <laughs> that. I just I love how God just like opens doors for us like that. You didn't even know we're there. I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. How would you say that your personal experience and your experience with your faith aided you while you were teaching these programs? Oh, well, I mean, I think very much so. I mean, I think we when we expect, especially now when we give the the talks we're doing for the the diocese for engaged couples, we call we we pull directly on our experience, and then when we talk about natural family planning, and there's like four or five points we make. So I mean, our own personal experience—that's all we can really share. We we you know that program's about communicating to the couples what is the teaching of the church and the beauty and the meaning of, of uh, sexual union, and and so we talk about really just from our personal share a little bit of our own journey, but also through our own practical experience of, 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 uh, the benefits to our relationship as a married couple through practicing that. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk, I mean, I guess to talk about some of that, we talk about, you know, the communication was kind of the key thing. Cause one of the things we talk about at the beginning of those, of the day with the engaged couples is you know, what are the things that help and or hinder, you know, could potentially help or hinder your, your marital, your marriage, your relationship and consistently comes back is communication. And one of the things we found through practicing in a favor is communication because you think about you're thinking about that decision to whether to uh, avoid or, or try to have a child on some sort of like monthly schedule. And so you're bringing into that conversation a myriad of things, not just that, but you're okay. What about the finances? What about job security? Right. We're worried about this. Where are we emotionally, you know, mm -hmm. spiritually, right. psychological, you know, all sorts of myriad. So it's like it, 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 to, it, it forces it, you to talk about those things on a monthly basis. Right. So, and even if you 
aren't ready to talk about them. You right. have to. And then right. other person, more personal things you have to talk about as well. So it's very, it's, it's very life-giving because you're, you're sharing yourself and you're, you're being open and vulnerable and to the person that you're married to and that's how it should be. And mm-hmm. so it really does foster open communication. And That's, that's amazing. I love that you guys are able to make it relatable. You know, it's, it's hard. I love that you guys are able to bring natural family planning into it as well, because you're right. It is something that you have to talk about and you have to get uncomfortable with yeah. talking about different, um, difficult topics, like pretty regularly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I want to say too, that we say to the couples too, that, you know, maybe one of you feels that you want to do this practice NFP, but you're afraid to mention it to the other person. But you know, this is the first step in in practicing NFP, you have to come out of your comfort zone and mention it and talk about it and decide upon it. And um, and you never know, maybe that, you know, your future spouse also has that desire and you would never know if you don't talk about it. So, yeah. yeah. What's funny when you said that it reminded me of um, we were giving a talk, you know, before COVID out the, the, the center here and uh, we were at a break and there was, you know, there's a lot of activity out here, right? And we're um, where I think there was a, there was a, uh, some sort of meeting that priests were here. And when one of the breaks, I was out there and one of the priests walked up to me and I, I can't remember his name, but he said, Oh, what are you doing here? And I said, well, we're giving these talks on God's plan and, and about talking about NFP. And he looked me right in the eye and he says, are you up there with her talking about it? Like it needs to come from as a couple. And I, I was just like, I was kind of like, he was very, like very purposeful when he looked at me and said that, like, that's important that you're, you're talking about this along with her. It's right. not just it's not you, just a woman. Yeah. It's like, and I'm like, yes, father. That's very, very true. Yeah. For our listeners who may not be married or maybe they're not married in the Catholic church, could you explain a little bit what pre-cana is and its purpose and basically what can an engaged couple expect when they go to pre-cana? Well, I can speak to, you know, the experience that we have with it. So really pre is about teaching the couples, at least giving them an overview of what the Catholic Church's belief, yeah, believes on on marriage and and they talk begin to talk about sexual morality and her sexual union and meaning of it. So you're, it's about that teaching that the knowledge to impart to okay, what are you getting into? What is what is it? So your your eyes wide open, understanding truly what you're committing to on that day. Uh, and, and what it, your vows mean, right? right? And what you're committing to be free, total, faithful, and fruitful. What do that? What does that mean? Right. And I think the separate is kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's like, at least from our experience, and I know some of the materials as well. Try to offer some practical things as well. Like, okay, we hear this teaching, and that knowledge is one thing, but then how do you live it out? So I think there's there's a there's again a introduction, if you will, like how do you do that within you know a few hours, depending on you know, how the, the course is structured. Right. So. And there's different courses. I mean, some, some courses, they talk about finances and communication and, you know, managing conflict and whatever. But the course that we teach is really about how do you love properly and what is God's original plan for love in marriage? Going back to the beginning of Genesis, when God created man and woman in its pure sense, right? Purity meaning simple and, and, in nature. And so we try to, that's where we begin. And we try to take from that and say that, you know, God's, God's plan is out there and it's for you to 
to choose that if you want the original plan for marriage, but it's your choice. Um, so great. After all the hoopla of the wedding day has settled and is just a beautiful memory, all we have left are pictures or maybe video. What does the actual sacrament of marriage look like? Well, it evolves, right? I think it's, it's wonderful at the, you know, the day, especially the, the, the wedding day and, and the excitement of all, but you know, like many things, right. It starts to fade a little bit. There's a lot of great feelings and those are beautiful and wonderful, but as you know, you live together and live life together and you get into a, a you know, the ordinariness and it don't mean that in a bad way, but you know, it's like you, you live life together. You know, it, it tends to, I guess that, that those emotions kind of dim a, a little bit. And as far, I mean, you can recall them and right. go back to them, of course, but it, it's more of every day make thinking about the other person, right? Because especially you know, we got married later in life, you know, here are two independent people who um, used to doing things their way. And now I've got another person, you know, especially before children, like how, how is it I bring Megan, like, how do I think of her? And, and so it becomes this school of, of learning how to love even deeper, like your love goes from, and not that, again, not that that's bad, that feeling, it's a beautiful feeling, it's a blessing, but I think it also starts to transition more into this, a choice, you know, you hear that a lot. And I think that's very true that you, when you're in the you know, if you come home and you've had a bad day at work or you've, you know, had a lot of challenges with the children or whatever, it's not always easy. You know, we're not thinking necessarily about the, the wedding cake, right? It's right. like, ah, oh, you know, and it's in that yeah. moment, you got to make that decision to, to choose mm-hmm. to love or not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, that's, I think the, where you're called to that deeper, deeper, I mean, that's, that's ongoing. You never, right. That doesn't really ever stop doing that till your last breath, learning how to love even deeper every day. So Right, and it's the little choices instead of, right. I mean, when Mike comes home and I've had a long day, I, I can't take it out on him. I have to talk to him. He's a person and he needs respect and he deserves respect. So to take it out, you know, that's not, that's not fair um, and vice versa. And so just little choices like that to be life-giving for the other person. And then also to frequent the sacraments together. I mean, to live the sacrament of matrimony, you know, we we have to go to mass together, and we, we do go to mass together, and we, we loved going to mass together, and to um, encourage each other to go to confession. Um, so just to frequent the sacraments, and of course to pray daily. Yeah, da- prayer, daily I mean, prayer is important. I, I remember that was um, a big thing for us when we were engaged mm-hmm. was praying together that was unique mm-hmm. like i said we got married late and i it was very pro- unique for me I, that was well. something i'd never done before and it was a little awkward at first to be honest with you it <laughs> but, was and we but, started with novenas i remember right. right we started like doing like yeah. novenas for something yeah. you know i forget what the intentions were and we each have the little booklet right and then we went on to like leading the magnificat together when we were together and we would just alternate with Right. So that was a, that was a, you talk about like a pre wedding gift to us. I mean, that really grounded us ahead of the, I mean, Mm -hmm. bringing, I mean, and then saying our personal intentions, that was also really meaningful to me just to say what was on my heart to God. And you're right there. And you weren't, you weren't married yet. And then to bring, carry that over to 
into our married life is really yeah. amazing, special. Right. And we have less time to do that now with kids, but yeah. we still try to make it. It doesn't a, look the same it, it now. Definitely it definitely looks different. It doesn't, but I yeah. mean, for years and years, you know, it, it did look the same. And it was a really a, a rock in our marriage. And it was what we did every morning. And like I said, it's it's just a little different now because of the kids. And, um, and making the time. responsibilities, right? yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Making sure you make the time. Mm-hmm. No, that's really beautiful. And I love that it ties back into marriage evolves Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't look the same but it Mm -hmm. achieves the same end and i think that's amazing and it's what's interesting too is just to it's just like my love for mike is deeper and it's it's it has evolved to a deeper love it's not it's not the same surface it's it's definitely deeper and more meaningful and just like our lives have become completely one not just two people trying to make it a go at it you know it's it's a it's a true union and um so you actually touched on this um, oh. in answering your last question, which is awesome, about how love isn't just a feeling, it's a choice. So what kind of advice or you know suggestions would you have to realistically reignite that romance, that feeling that, you know, we want to just run to the altar like we did on our wedding day? How mm-hmm. do you, what would you realistically recommend? Pray, pray, pray together, for sure. for sure. Another thing we talk about this is being present for the other person. I mean, I think it goes back to those moments where we're so easy through our day-to-day, you know, all the worries and concerns we have, especially when you're parents, and you either worry about the past or you worry about the future, and it's hard to, like, there's that moment right there where Megan needs to talk to me or, or one of her sons or our daughter wants to show me something or that's they have no clue what's been going on at work right. or whatever. And so they're just like, Hey, Hey dad, look at, the, and I'm, I, it's, it can be difficult. So I think for, it's the same, same thing. It's like being present in those little moments is, is really, I think a game changer because it's so easy to just dismiss it or yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll too talk busy, later yeah. or too big. Can we, do we have to talk about this now? And sometimes, mm-hmm. right. You, you, you can't talk about things though, but generally trying to be present, in that moment when the person, when Megan needs me to talk to me, to make that decision, to set everything aside mm-hmm. and not the worries and the concerns, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And also to, to have a servant's heart, I think, to just think about, you know, I, I want to serve my, I, and I think about this, I want to serve my family. I want to serve my husband. So instead of being, who's going to serve me, which we all, you know, fall into, you know, we try to say, well, I, I want to be the one to be the servant. I want to serve. And it's a hard, it's hard. But um, sometimes I think about that when I'm doing dishes, you know, like, and, um, and, uh, and I'm really tired and I've had a long day. Um, but, you know, just to remember to have a servant's heart. And we talk about, is there ways of some other, it's like retreats, getting away, date, like, I mean, there's other things like date nights and we, we're not great at that's one thing we keep talking about like trying to find the time you know that the babysitter you know scheduling and like trying to find that time to go out and spend time that's where you can do that but it all i think comes back to always that being that present you know right. you could go out on a date and not be present with right. your wife right? right i mean you could be distracted by the football game that's on you know, on at the restaurant or whatever. So it's still, even if you have that time, which is great. And right. And what we found is just to find um, some intimate moments 
where we are home, like whether we, you know, are just sitting and talking or sometimes we'll play a game of cards or we'll have a glass of wine or we'll just sit and talk and Michael rub my feet. I mean, things like that, that are just very intimate moments that we can share and we do share on a regular basis. And when, when we haven't, we know it and we, you know, I, I miss it. And I'll say, oh wait, you know, we haven't sat on the couch and, you know, talked about whatever lately. And so, right. I mean, the date nights are fantastic and they're wonderful, but just, you know, to find something that you both enjoy to do together that will promote the intimacy that you're desiring. Right. Just finding beauty in the ordinary. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who's currently single and just knowing that they're called to marry, but they haven't found that person yet? I would say just pray <clears throat> and also pray, but also continue to do the things that you like to do. If you want to join that cooking class, you've always had a desire, then do the cooking class. If you want to take a sewing class, do the sewing class. If you want to play tennis, play tennis. Just do the things that you enjoy doing so that when you do meet that person, you are ready. The things that will make you be your best self will 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 make you more confident and make you, you know, just happier in general. But the underlying thing would be to just to pray and give it to God. Just Bring it to his feet and ask him to take care of it and ask him to help you not to worry about it. The more you worry about it, then it's just going to change who you are, right? You want to be free and you want to you want to be ready when you meet that person. Pray the rosary because I remember when I was single, it was probably a year or two years before I met you, I was um, out west working uh, some somewhere and and I remember I was like, well, Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? And I said, you know, I picked up the rosary the first time and I don't know how long. And I said, all right, for this whole week, I'm going to pray the rosary and, and just see what happens. And um, here I am running. Actually, I was jogging, running, doing the rosary. And then I was on the very last decade, very last um, Hail Mary. And then there was the rosary beat. The whole rosary just like came apart. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? And you can look at it in different ways. But I kind of, looking back on that, I kind of felt it was, it was God's way of saying, okay, I'm listening to you. And it was like shortly after, like circumstances started changing where I was going on, right. where I moved to mm-hmm. the area where I met you. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I was in a totally different area of the country. Right. And right. it's funny just praying, you know, our lady wants to do her, do you her know, thing. Yep. wants to do her thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And similarly, I remember when um, I watched a little bit of Mother Angelica when she was still alive and I turned it on and she said, what I heard was she said, if you want to know the will of God in your life, pray the rosary. And that's just, that's just, Mm -hmm. it's that simple. Pray Mm -hmm. the rosary. So, yeah. So we talked about this a little bit um, because you guys are very actively involved, but what resources are available to newly engaged couples? Because I'm going to link them in the show notes for anybody who's yeah. interested. Yeah, when we look at resources, it's more of I know that the there's resources resources through the church through and through the diocese. I know, um, so but nothing specific like what we um, and often when we have we and not that this happens a lot, but if there's someone has any follow up questions, we'll refer often to to the priests. You know that they're they're talking about. Uh, or talking with or who's doing their their uh, mentoring, uh, but as far as his resources, I mean, we're going to sound like a 
a, you know, a broken record, but it's always, it's always been kind of through reading scripture through that, it, that helps practically speaking. There's some good books that I've read that I find very helpful. Like one of them actually I saw out in your um, lobby area, which is uh, the Custos, the consecration of St. Joseph. And I, I thought that, that actually offered a lot of practical suggestions for, for in the year of St. Joseph, right? We just, just finished. And mm -hmm as a husband, as a father. And I found that, wow, that was a really good book. So it's maybe not what you're looking for, but it, I personally, it's like something that I've gone back to a few times and said, you know, as a reminder, kind of as a compass in a way and very practical ways of kind of. Right. Yeah. I think also um, we've said that even for us, like when we do our talks for um, God's plan, it kind of is a, like a little mini retreat for us. So I would mm -hmm. say like maybe, go on a retreat mm -hmm. or just even by yourself, not together necessarily, just so that you can be one with God and know that you're, he's got you and that you're, you'll be, you're taken care of. Right. That's a good but, point. Like the, when we give these, they're, it's just as beneficial to us. So that's a great point that Megan's making about when I come back off the retreat, it's, it's, or those talk, it's just Megan and I, it's like, we normally find a babysitter and we're, it's us. And we talk like during there's moments where the, Couples are discussing, and we'll talk. And we than, actually do the question. Yeah, we'll redo the, the question. Workbook, you know, yeah. so it's like it's a great reminder to us to kind of reset. And I'll be like, oh, I need to do a better job. Same, yeah. Same, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think for us that's been practically. But mm -hmm. I mean, we also did the Bible studies too. That mm -hmm. was always helpful yeah. um, when we first got married, though. But this is engaged couples, so yeah, yeah. Bible studies just helps us. There were questions there in a the workbook, and you kind of like talked about things they wouldn't normally talk about. And that was a really good experience mm -hmm. for us after we were married. So. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. And I don't know if you can speak to this at all, but what about resources for couples who are currently married and maybe looking to reconnect? We talked about prayer. Are there any other practical tips? Yeah, I think the retreat, I guess I, retreat, I would go back yeah. to a retreat. Is there a couple's retreat? Like I said, we kind of get the mini couples retreat every time. I, and again, I, I feel like it's, it's, you know, going together, spending the time together, the you know, receiving the sacraments together in a, that purposeful way. You're trying to work on something or just want to, like it says, you know, like you said, reignite um, your, your marriage. I think mm -hmm. that's really, I think, one of the best ways you could probably do it. So if you had to give one piece of marriage advice, what would it be? Prayer and be present. be present. Yeah, it's kind of twofold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always be present. And that's hard. It's simple but hard, right? Mm -hmm. So find, carve out the prayer time in, individually and together, you know, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And be present in, in those, or like you said, ordinary, the ordinariness of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's, mm -hmm. that can, in small ways, you're learning about loving more deeply mm -hmm. and exercising that muscle, right? It's the discipline of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Thank uh, you guys mm -hmm. so yeah. much. I was, I'm really glad I got to talk to you right before Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and, and a happy Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation 
is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.